Will Middlebrooks, my colleague, joining us right now, longtime major leaguer. You can see him on CBS Sports HQ. Nesson, follow him on Twitter at Middlebrooks. Will, what's going on, buddy? What's up, Bill? Dude, let me start with this. I, let me start a little personal stuff. Just congratulations to your household, your wife, my colleague, Jenny Dell, massively, massively talented person, just got a huge job named CBS Sports' lead college football reporter. So congrats to her from me through you, and congrats just thank to your you, household. You. Yeah, we, we are fired up. I mean, I've been watching, you know, for the last nine seasons since she's been with CBS, putting in the work, traveling, grinding, going out to the, you know, Mountain West, flying out to the West Coast every week from Florida. You know, taking red eyes back home, at, getting home at 7 a.m. and snapping in the super mom mode. So it, it's pretty cool to see all that hard work pay off for her. It is really nice to see uh, good people get rewarded and see the universe kind of reward that kind of that kind of work and just and she's just such a great person I'm talking to will middlebrooks here on the show all right let's get to a little uh a little a little baseball what do you make of just the the absolute crush of home runs and obviously aaron judge at the 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 forefront of this is this launch angle is this athletes getting bigger and stronger there's a lot of guys right now putting up some some huge home run numbers what what do you make of it yeah, well, I mean, compared to the beginning of the year when it's cold and now every stadium has a humidor, which is supposed to, you know, make everything equal uh, playing fields at every stadium and every elevation and this and that. I uh, don't want to get too deep into that. But, yeah, I mean, guys are bigger, stronger. I think the hitting philosophies now are different. Um, it used to be, you know, get on top, hit a line drive, hit a ground ball in the hole. Now it's about lifting the ball because guys are stronger. They're learning how to hit the ball in the air and have it fly out of ballparks. But, yeah, Aaron Aaron Judge, my God, man. This guy's uh, arguably the best player in baseball right now. When Aaron Judge is healthy and on the field for 140, 150-plus games every year, he will continue to be the best player on the field. He's that talented. Will, what, what's a realistic number he can get to this year in terms of home runs? 55, oh, 60, man. north of that? I think I think we're looking mid to upper 50s. You know, obviously, if he's healthy, I think 60 is a number. What is he at, 30 now, 31? He, he's right there. Uh, on pace for around 60, I think he can do it, man. Honestly, I think it's a real possibility, especially in that stadium, uh, in that lineup with other good hitters around him. They can't really pitch around him. They, Anthony Rizzo will take you deep. You know, Donaldson will take you deep. Stanton will take you deep. Pick your poison, right? And you know, I was digging deeper into his numbers and trying to figure out what's he doing different this year. We knew how well he hit the ball to the opposite field, which is great uh, at Yankee Stadium because the ball flies to right field, as we know. Uh, with the short ports there, but he hits the ball to center field well. The last few years, he hasn't pulled the ball in the air. This year, he's doing that. He's a complete hitter. There's no hole in his swing. And I don't want to get too deep into analytics, but it's kind of fun to dig into this because it can tell you a lot about how dominant a player has been. So there's a stat called a barrel percentage. Now, a barrel is a ball with an exit velocity of at least 98 miles an hour and a launch angle between 26 and 30 degrees. So it's, it's, a, it's hammered. It's a crushed baseball. Average in baseball barrel percentage between all hitters is 6.7%. Aaron Judge has a 25% barrel percentage this year. So one-fourth of his swings are at least 98 miles an hour off the bat. That, I, that is, I've never heard that, and I, I love that stuff. That's, that is that is Will Middlebrooks here on the show. That is crazy. Is that that kind of a deep-dive analytical sabermetricians analysis barrel percentage is that solely will something that just tells us information about what's happening or is there any way a player can take that and try to increase 
their barrel percentage? Is that just a measurement rather than a tool for, for a hitter to make an adjustment? It's a tool for us to analyze guys and, you know, peel back the layers and try to say, like, why is he better? Why is he this? And even more, uh, it's for the front offices as far as grading guys and paying guys, which we know he's coming up on a free agency uh, that's going to – they're going to have to write him a massive check, which, he, I mean, he's earned it. It might have a three in front of it, honestly. Um, and he's 30, 31 years old. So that would be impressive to see if they're going to sign him through, you know, age 40, which the New York Yankees should. They should sign him. They're the New York Yankees. Uh, you can't let him walk, especially for your fan base. I mean, what he's done for that team, you got to keep him around. But um, back to your original question, can players use stuff like barrel percentage? No, I think it's more of a, a measuring stick to say, oh, like I'm not barreling balls. But as a hitter, you don't need to know the percentage to know how you feel at the plate, if you're hitting balls hard or not. Um, so uh, the analytics don't play into hitters as much. The metrics, the measurements, uh, how hard you're hitting the ball, things like that you can look into. But it all comes back to just fundamentals and mechanics for yourself. Will Middlebrooks here on the show. Will, you, you touched on that Yankees lineup and just how brutal it is for any pitcher to try and wade through it and, and get through it. And the Yankees have obviously a corresponding record that is remarkable. But if we And I know we're not there yet, but if we fast forward to the postseason – would you still say in, in a series the Yankees are the best team in the American League, best team in baseball, or would you throw the Astros or another squad in that mix if it was actually postseason baseball? I mean, the Astros are 100% in the mix. I still think that no one's on the New York Yankees level. I mean, we they were on pace for 121 wins at one point, which is ridiculous. The all-time record of the regular season is 116 last time by the 2001 Seattle Mariners. Um they, they were in line for, for some regression. I mean, let's, let's be honest. 120 wins is, is absurd. Um, the good thing for the Yankees, they haven't seen many guys on the IL. That's what always hurts them. Injuries eat them alive because they have their three, four, five hitters all at the same time seem to get hurt every year. Uh, their one, two, three pitchers are always on the IL. Well, that hasn't happened this year. and They, get it, they were getting career years out of guys like Matt Carpenter coming back. Uh, Nestor Cortez, their number five starter there for a while, was one of the best pitchers in baseball. So, um, they were in line for some regression, but I expect them to get hot again. Like if, if they're twenty-eight and fourteen in the AL East right now, and that's arguably the best division in baseball. Will Middlebrooks here on the show. I'm Bill Ryder, CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Will, another week, another Shohei Otani fact that is just mind-boggling. This one is the dude is is a two-way all-star again this year. Guy can hit, guy can pitch. Obviously, you played the game. You're in the majors. You're at a high level. Do you think what he's doing inspires any awe from the guys around him, the guys that actually play baseball the level you did? Oh, yeah, every day. I mean, I had two buddies. So I, I lived with Mike Trout in the fall league in, in 2011. So I've, I've always stayed pretty close with Mike. Uh, Justin Upton was there with him. He was him. He was one of my groomsmen in my wedding. We got close when we played in San Diego together. So I talked to those guys about Otani. Who they, get to, they got to see him every day on an everyday basis. And both of those guys said, like, this guy is an absolute – freak show, unicorn, the coolest thing I have ever seen. Like Mike Trout saying, like, I enjoy watching Shohei do anything. He's that special. He's that cool of a player. And that's coming from a guy who's arguably could go down as one of the best players of all time. I, yeah, Mike Trout is. I mean, that is that. So uh, let's. I didn't know that you had that relationship with Trout. And, and at the risk of asking you something a little too personal with your buddy, we talk on the show a lot so much just how much I covet, would love, and I'm not an Angels fan, to see Mike Trout in 
deep in the postseason, how good I think that would be for, for baseball, and obviously how great it would be for, for him. Obviously, he seems like he's a pretty a pretty patient guy as it relates to wanting to be in that organization. Where do you think his head is at, just in terms of his remarkable talent, which is undisputed, coupled with an absolute lack of opportunity for the most part in the postseason? Yeah, you know, you hate – these are questions I don't really ask him, just because now that, you know, I'm in the media and things like that, I don't want to put him in a position to, you know – have to lie to me so <laughs> but um uh, i hate it i i like you said you want to see the best players of the sport in the spotlight on the biggest stage at the biggest time of the year which is october um uh, and i just feel like mike trout's prime has been and is being wasted right now along with the shohei otani like these guys don't grow on trees they're not going to be around forever um that i mean i can't be like hey trade him i can't you can't spend someone else's money or tell them how to run their team but at the same time it's like for the fans, you know, and I know there's a deeper level to this, but I, I want to see those guys in the postseason. Is it ever going to happen? I always thought Trout would end up um, either with the Phillies because he's a huge Philly fan uh, or the Yankees because it's close to home as well. They're in Millville, uh, New Jersey, but um, it just hasn't happened. And I, I he loves Anaheim. He loves the front office. He loves everyone there. Um, I could see him retiring as an angel. Uh, I don't like that, but, you know, for him, if that's what's best for him, that's all that matters. Will Middlebrooks here on the show. One more Otani question for you. We've seen guys come along who are so talented and so charismatic and so compelling that it inspires generations of players. I would make the argument that's happened with Steph Curry, like guys trying to play like him, and Tiger Woods, right? Like a whole different level of golf and some of the guys and the way they attack courses inspired by, by Tiger Woods. If enough players like you, enough young guys who are 10, 11, 12 years old, decided they want to be Shohei Otani, is there a reality where 15 years from now we could have five or 10 or 20 guys doing what Shohei Otani is doing in the major leagues? I mean, I think guys try to do it all the time. I'm just not sure they're as talented as him. Like I said, when you have a guy like Mike Trout saying this is the best player I've ever seen, that's pretty special. So I don't know if anyone will ever be on that level where you're hitting 40 home runs a year and have an ERA that starts with a two. Like this is, this is God-level things. Like we need to not – get used to this let's not get numb to this because what he's doing which and i'm guilty of it oh yeah so hey another you know seven innings two hits no runs you know he had a, he, he went hit a homer you know switched to dh you know with the new otani role hit a game winning homer you just get used to it because we see it so often from him but back to your original question yeah it should inspire guys to not specialize and you're seeing so many 10 11 12 13 year olds or just a pitcher, or just this, or just play one sport. Play every sport. Play every position. How do you know how good you're going to be at, at one thing when you're 12 years old? So do everything. And and, I, and hopefully, like you said, this, this encourages and inspires guys to pursue this at a higher level, starting in high school, starting in college, and hopefully getting to the professional level. Well, I love that answer. I live in Manhattan Beach, California, and I love Manhattan Beach. But this is a story that reflects my community. I, I'm a pretty, despite appearances, I'm a pretty good tennis player. I played at a pretty high level. And one of the most hum, hum, humbling moments of my life was, like, pretty high in my little tennis league in Manhattan Beach, losing to a 10 or 11-year-old. I remember old the kid. He was my daughter's age. It was The kid was unbelievable. And the next time I saw him, bumped into him. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen on the ladder. The kid gave up tennis. I think he was 31st in the state of California in tennis to solely focus. I can't remember if it was baseball or football. But but to your point, I'm assuming based on your answer, you were a professional athlete. Did you play a bunch of sports when you were younger, or was that the model back when you were doing your thing? Because I, I just hate it for these kids. I really do, just that I see every day. 
if there was a competition, I was in it. I played every sport in high school. I played football, basketball, baseball, ran track. I played golf. Uh, if there was a ping pong team, I would have been on it. And that's just who I was. And <laughs> my dad, my dad is, has been a high school football coach for 40 years in Texas. He just retired. So congrats, dad, if you're listening. But um, he was always a multi-sport athlete. He always co- coached multiple sports. And he always said, if you want to be the best athlete, you look at each sport. Each sport's best players are the best athletes, it seems. They're able to do, you know, more things because the more sports you play, your body learns how to move differently. You learn how to stay healthy. Uh, you learn it mentally. Like football was good for me for mental toughness that I didn't learn in other sports. So you take things from everything and can apply it to each sport as well, and it makes you an overall better product. I love that answer. Will Middlebrooks here on the show. Uh, Will, last one for you. About three weeks until the trade deadline, any teams that you expect to be hyper aggressive or, or pull some surprises between between now and then? Oh man, it's so. This is the time where you're, it's just like throwing questions in the air, trying to throw stuff at the wall and see if it sticks. Um, you know, there's obviously some big names, some big pitchers. Frankie Montas, who has had a little bit of an injury issue, he's pitching here soon uh, in the next couple of days. So I think a lot of eyes will be on him because he's going to be on the market as an arm. Luis Castillo uh, for the Reds, another starting pitcher. I'm keeping my eyes on the White Sox because if they keep losing, and they were my, I picked them to win the Central, and they just they haven't they haven't been healthy, they haven't played well. Guys have come back from injury and not played well. Uh, I don't know if it's Larusa if he's going to stick around. What's going on there? But either way, if they keep losing, they might you might see like a Lucas Giolito, uh, Jose Abreu, like big names maybe get moved uh, with with their free agency coming up. Uh, another one I would look at: the New York Yankees are going to look to get better. One of the holes in their lineups is, is Joey Gallo. He's not hitting. I love Joey Gallo. One of my favorite teammates I ever played with. I played with him in Texas. Um, the guy can hit the ball a, a mile. But you, he's just not running into it very often. He's a good outfielder. He's got a good arm. He's a gold glove uh, defender in right field. But look for them to try to make a splash with a guy like Andrew Benatendi, who uh, you know is putting together good numbers out in Kansas City. Not big power numbers, but he's hitting over 300. He's a good outfielder, uh, and he can kind of fill that void. They have enough power hitters in New York. Uh, and then if there's one other team that I think is interesting to follow here, would be and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, watch the Baltimore Orioles. Hmm. Watch the I know they're at the, in the cellar still. They're only two games back of a wild card spot. And they're full of. They've on an eight game win streak right now. I was. I had all written them off uh, to dead, uh, and I figured Trey Mancini, Jorge Lopez, their closer, Anthony Santander, an outfielder. I, I thought those guys would all be on the trade block. They would clean out. You know, they have their young, good group of players that they're going to build around the next few years. Um, but if they're going to be in the mix, like this AL wild card is absurd right now. I know there's still, you know, 70 games left to play, but keep your eye on the Baltimore Orioles. I cannot believe that's coming out of my mouth right now, but watch them. I love, man, what a great interview. I love that answer. I love the conversation. Will Middlebrooks, appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for being on. Uh, please pass on my congratulations to Jenny. And uh, as always, really, really appreciate the time. I will, I will, Bill. This was a good time. Let's do it again soon.